0: to for the, Love of God for the Love of God
1: podcast.
0: Welcome to For the Love of God podcast, a show for Christians that keep it real. Whether you're new to Christianity, a seasoned Christian, or dipping your toes in the baptismal water, this show is for you. Join us and strengthen your Christian walk. Play games and discover new music. This ain't your mama's Christian podcast.
2: boy it's amazing how much that guy's voice sounds like yours
0: it is mine (laughs) (laughs) except the chris farley one (laughs) tell us Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Another episode. Woohoo! Woohoo!
2: Rick, excited. How's it going? It is going wonderful. It is nice to be back in the studios. Indeed. At, okay, so on this table that we on this covered. table, this is our studio <laughs> we have erected it as a studio <laughs> next to the refrigerator yeah. and the sink. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gosh. Robert, welcome long back.
0: Long
3: break studios. That's what we're going to call.
0: Thank you for joining us next week. It was it went so well. We brought you back for another week. <laughs>
3: With excellent company like this, it's hard to resist. Aha.
0: Very nice. So, no news today because- um,
2: Couldn't we satellite him in from his- uh, Oh, we should. From his- uh, uh, We should have called him. OT. <laughs> He's still ot in it on his sofa. Should I call him?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He is at work. Maybe we should.
2: <laughs> oh.
0: Hey, it is a Nathan, thought.
3: You're caller number one.
0: That'd be funny. That would actually be really funny. That'd be kind of funny. Should I do it? <laughs> I, maybe you should. You got any news? All right. We're gonna call him. All right, we're gonna. This is
2: it, man. I feel like drum roll. Drrr, we uh,
0: this has never been done before.
2: This is, <laughs> uh, I'm sure it's been done on podcasts and radio stations everywhere, but it's never been done on this show. Yeah. oh here we go. I don't know if you can.
0: I don't know if you can answer. Hello. Hello, Nathan. Greetings, sir. How
1: are you? You guys calling me from the show.
2: You are live from the show. (laughs) We needed news and you weren't here. So he's like, maybe we should call Nate and see if he's got any news.
1: Yeah. You know, it would help me if you would give me a heads up (laughs) that you were doing so. Then it wouldn't be funny. Right, because then I would have something for you.
0: All right, listen. So you're gonna we're gonna we're gonna hang up, and I need you to call me back with some news.
1: Call you back with some news. Yeah.
2: Okay. Give me a minute. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. All right, so You can't cut that out because we you got that's oh, I'm the not, funny part. I'm not that's cutting that, that out. All right. I'm
0: not cutting that out. Right, Matter of fact,
2: we as long as we're as long as we're firm on that, I'm gonna
0: play. I'm gonna <laughs> play the preempted news music for Nathan.
2: <laughs> oh my. All right.
0: All right. News with Nate will be as soon as he calls us back. Coming right. So up. there you go. <laughs> In the meantime, or awaiting, we were kind of talking about before the show. Uh, Robert brought up the uh, point of um, sorrow versus just justice. 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 Uh, when when God throws the bad into the lake of fire after judgment. Now, God is a just God, and that's why God is righteous, because if he wasn't just, then people would be getting away with everything. He would be like, oh, it's okay. You know, don't worry about it. I know it's my rule, but I'll let you slide this time. God don't work that way. Thank God for Jesus. (laughs) Um, But it kind of, it kind of, if you can look at it as parents here on earth. Good parents versus bad parents versus good parents that make bad decisions, as far as discipline goes with your children. If your son or daughter does something wrong, they need punished for it. And if you do not punish them, they're going to continue to do things wrong. And if you do punish them, but let them off the hook before they're supposed to be off the hook, they're going to continue to do things wrong. You get my drift? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So if, if I'm supposed to mow the lawn and my dad says, I need you to mow the lawn before I get off of work and I don't do that. And he grounds me for a week And it is a week and I don't get to do crap for a week then i'm probably going to mow the lawn next time i'm going to listen to my father if he tells me to mow the lawn and i don't and he says dude come on i told you to mow the lawn go play with your friends i'm probably i'm probably going to do that again because he didn't care as much it wasn't that much of a punishment and big deal i can you know so god has to has to bring justice upon the guilty or else we don't trust him and we have to we of course we trust him because of his the way he is What he says goes or else. So we trust him because we know that punishment will come. There's no getting out of it unless, of course, you repent and follow Jesus Christ.
2: Yeah, there's even, um, you know, it's even the severity of the punishment. I think we have to realize, uh, I I talked to a gentleman, we have an outreach night, which I think we've shared uh, before. We do uh, every Tuesday night at the church, we go out and we do, uh, we pray over the community and just kind of connect with people out in front uh, of our church. We meet in a strip mall, which is really cool. There's a Kroger out front grocery store, and we go out and hang out in front. And when people come in, we just kind of, you know, ask them if they need prayer, we give out stuff we give out balloons and to the kids and whatever candy and just try to connect with people and so one night we're connecting with this guy and he says you know I just don't understand how a loving God could send people to hell you know why would he do that and I think we have to first of all realize that true love requires justice um, you know if we were a parent and our child was in our in the front yard okay not on the street but in the front yard we had a little say a two-year-old girl she's out in the front yard she's playing playing, you know, with their dolls and stuff in the grass and uh, just having a good time. And some guy who, um, you know, just basically uh, had been on, you know, a meth high or whatever, you know, and just got, you know, almost got busted. So he's running from the police and he's completely strung out on, you know, crack, whatever. And he loses control, swerves off the road, and kills your daughter. Can you imagine going to the court, hearing the judge say... Well, obviously, we had witnesses in the community. We know he did it. Um, You were out there. You witnessed it. Um, He has, you know, child's blood on the car. He's got, you know, his intoxication levels were through the roof. The cops had just been chasing him, and he just got away. So, yeah, we know he's guilty, but here's the thing. You know, we we really, forgiveness is really important, so we're going to let him go with a warning. You, as a parent, would be completely outraged. He has killed your daughter. Love for her is going to demand. justice Mm -hmm. and so god if he's truly loving must also be just he must be honorable that's why you know we call judges your honor because they're to be honorable Um, That is really important. Plus, we have to realize that the crime is much heavier than we think. You know, the crime is not just telling a white lie. It's the fact that we have done things that have hurt people, that have destroyed people. We don't always even know how bad it is. Right. Um, The fact is is that we're all called to be disciple makers. You know, there's sins of commission, there's sins of omission. He not only says, don't do these things because they're going to hurt people, but he says, I want you to do these things. We are called to teach, People about Jesus, and when we don't do that, we are sending them to hell. You know, there are we have hurt so many people that we don't know, and because mm. of that, the punishment is serious. He says the punishment is death. But I, you know, but as well as justice, as we talked about earlier, there's still going to be a lot of sorrow because God loves every person. He doesn't, you know, hell wasn't even made for people; it was made made for Satan and his minions. Absolutely, it was not intended for us. But obviously, those who follow him are going to meet that same demise at the end. They're going to meet that same end goal or in punishment rather. Um, but we have to keep in mind that the punishment was very, you know, is severe because we have been more sinful. We've been more hurtful than we think. And, and I know it's hard for a lot of us to understand that, but, uh, but that's really the honest truth. And so with that in mind, God loves us. You know, he even loved, I, I, he loved Lucifer. You know, he was an angel at the time. I'm sure there was a relationship there. And so for God, there's going to be a lot of sorrow. Now, this is not going to be a, yay, you losers go to hell. No, it's
3: like, you know, wow, I just hate this. Yeah. But love demands justice. Mm-hmm. Jason, while you were making your example based off of children, a really depressing parallel occurred to me based off of the relationship between ourselves, Satan, and God and it almost kind of reminds me of like a divorce you know but it's like there's a very obvious attitude difference in how the parents are dealing with the children one is obviously very concerted with weaponizing the children against the other parent and very vicious ways and it's very toxic it's a very dangerous relationship and ultimately they don't care he doesn't care about the children he just cares about using them for getting back at the other parent whereas the other one is nothing but grace mm-hmm. it's just mm-hmm. trying to bring them up out of this situation but they're caught in between yeah yeah interesting analogy. Yeah, for sure. I actually
2: lived that. That's that was kind of the situation when I was a kid. Divorced parents, not cool. Yeah. Love your children. People stay together. If you can (laughs) husbands and wives love each other. And if you can't learn, (laughs) 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 oh, it can be learned. Trust me. Love can be learned. Mm. And you know what? The best teacher? God right? God is love. All those who know God know how to love. That's why he can say that the number one commandment is to love him and love others. Why? Cause once we have him, we learn how to love. And that's why Jason and I get along. Yeah. <laughs> well, but that's the only reason,
1: <laughs> or I should
3: say that's why Jason and Nate a, get along. It's an abundance of devotion. For you. <laughs> um, another thing about justice real quick, that kind of, I find interesting in parallel is that, you know, people often like to levy justice against God. And they're like, well, how can he be just? He, uh, Treated on behalf of this person in this way, and treated somebody else completely different, um, specifically regarding the wicked. And in one example, I think about you know the promised land for the Jews. You know they had just been you know prisoners in Egypt. And they were just crossing the Red Sea, and you know they come under some serious resistance when they're trying to enter the Promised Land as well. And there's a section of the Bible that a lot of people struggle with, and that there was a wicked generation that they were sent in to basically wipe out. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, "Well, oh, you know, how can God ask them to go and wipe out these people?" But you know, God spoke to the Israelites, and he said to them, "Just wait for them. I will allow their wickedness to come into full maturity, so that there is no doubt." Mm-hmm. So you know, sometimes people mistake God's justice or His mercy. They mistake it as kindness for weakness, but it's just patience. Right. And that those who are going to get what they deserve will get it in the time that they deserve it. Right.
2: And we have to understand this side of eternity, uh, there isn't always fairness. That's another thing. You know, well, why does God allow these people to have this when they're doing bad things? And then he doesn't let me have it. Well, he never promised us justice, this side of eternity. He said there would be eventual justice. And then everybody's going to get the same punishment that chose to not follow him. Right. And they're, you know, they're going to be judged based on their works. And
0: And in the end, whatever they... They've whatever the bad have received, big houses, fancy cars, right. A house full of women, they don't get to keep it. Nope. And they get to um spend eternity in blame. So
3: the only lasting thing that you can gain here and still take with you is a relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah, correct. It's the only thing that's gonna last. Kind of reminds me of the uh last week's
2: uh, thought of the week, right? Yeah. He is no fool. <laughs> Who give who? Uh, yeah, his, who gives up what he cannot keep, or that which he cannot lose? Which is basically a paraphrase. If if you try to hang on to this life, you're going to lose your life. Yeah. If you give it away for my sake, you're going to find et- eternal life. Yeah. And it's going to be amazing.
0: Yeah. And I have a, I mean, a, a, a prayer that comes up very often when I pray is, Lord, there is nothing here on this earth that is more important than. Being with you in heaven. So I just, I mean, he knows my heart. He knows how I really feel. I don't really need to tell him that stuff, but this is nice saying it out loud that I'm not holding on to anything. Right. And you can take it all. And that's fine with me.
2: Absolutely. And I don't mean to correct you, but yeah, I think you do need to say those things to God. I think we all need to. I mean, it's kind of like what worship is, right? Just saying, it, you know, it's kind of like telling your wife, well, I told you I love you when we got married. If anything changes, I'll let you know. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> she wants to hear it all the time. You know yeah. what? God doesn't need to hear it, but we he- need to tell him
0: right he wants to
2: he wants to hear it and he wants to hear it right so yeah absolutely
0: yeah all right let's play a game
3: Still impressed by that. So epic. So epic. So epic. Great job, Jason. <laughs> That's has <been> the wheel.
2: <laughs> true or false? True or false? You got a theme song for that? I don't think I do. The true or false. There you go. Yeah. They had
0: their own theme right. song. So all right. True or false? Okay. Uh, who's going first? In the Rick. <laughs> Rick goes first. <laughs> I need a I need a spinner for who goes the first.
2: Face. We got yeah. You're gonna have to have a second spinner.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: we have to wait on all that. All
0: right. right. Okay. True or false? In the 39th year of his reign, Azza was diseased in his joints.
2: True. False. Ah, in, in the 39th- I totally I that compl- was completely a guess, and I decided <laughs> to go with my gut. You know, first and, wow, that failed too. That so. failed.
0: Uh, Second Chronicles 16 through uh, 1612. In the 39th year of his reign, Azza was diseased in his feet. Oh, well, there his, you go. His disease was exceedingly great. Yet his disease, he didn't seek the Lord. I'm cooking just through the- the physicians. I'm
2: cooking through uh, the Old Testament right now, and it's been a while since I've been in Chronicles, so hopefully soon I'll be ready for those questions. Probably or
0: not. Robert, the fourth book of Moses is Leviticus. True or false? True. False. Nah. Numbers is the fourth Numbers. book of Moses. Leviticus is the third.
2: I got the wrong question. <laughs>
0: <Hey>. <laughs> uh, Rick, Jebusites were a people who lived in Jerusalem. True or false? Jebusites.
2: Wow, that name should be real familiar. True.
0: True. Yeah. As for the Jebusites, inhabitants of Jerusalem, the children of Judah couldn't drive them out. Yep. Joshua fifteen sixty three. First Chronicles. Robert, love covers a multitude of sins, true or false? True. True. And above all things, be earnest in your love among yourselves, where love covers a multitude of sins. First Peter 4 8. Rick, David descended from Boaz and Ruth. Boaz and Ruth. True. True. David descended from Boaz and Ruth. They were his great grandparents.
2: And they were pretty great, too, from my
0: heart. Pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> Ba-dum-ch. Ba-dum-ch. Okay, two to one. Robert, Israel dealt in the wilderness for 40 years, one year for every day of spying. True or false? false. Incorrect. After the number of days in which you spied at the land, even 40 days for every day a year, you will be, you will bear your iniquities. Numbers 14, 33 to 34.
3: Apparently I need to spend some more time in the Old Testament. And especially numbers. There's just a lot there and a lot to memorize. Yeah. And
2: you know, by the time I get through the Bible, I've already forgotten like half of it. So (laughs) then I got to start over. And if you only do the Bible through once a year, that's a lot of your year you've forgotten stuff.
3: For me, it's, I'm just throwing
2: wet noodles at a I'll see him with sticks. There right. you go. That's why true false is like one of the better games. <laughs> I
3: like this.
0: Learning. Elijah. Rick. Elijah was the best spy Israel ever had. Wait elisha Wait, wait. Elisha. Elisha.
3: Elisha. Elisha.
0: Elisha. Spy. False. Was the best spy. True. One of the servants said, "No, my lord, O king, but Elisha. Elisha." <laughs> The prophet who is in Israel tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. Second Kings six twelve. He wasn't a spy.
2: He didn't make the that's not a spy. He's a prophet. He hears from God. But mm. I guess that would make him
3: I, I mean prophets would make the best spies. For sure. I mean they I, suppo- I you know, I didn't think about <laughs> it that way. No. My apologies. It's all right. God but, forgives. You know. Daniel survived the
0: night in a den of robbers. True or false? False. Sure den Kirk. of lions. That's right. He survived the night of a den of lions, not
3: robbers. Recently saw the book of Daniel featuring that scene and really great film. I'd highly recommend it.
0: I'll check it out with caution.
3: And I saw lions in it, not robbers. That wasn't one. Although... Biblical movies the lions, are
2: hardens one of, yeah. I think one of the lions had just stolen a whole bunch of like you know meat from another lion so <laughs> yeah was he yeah. right now <laughs> <laughs> I've I,
0: I've watched I've tried to watch so many biblical movies and they've all been so bad.
3: Yeah. Except this for is, a handful. This is actually one of the good ones. I'm also in that same wheelhouse that there's just not many that really do anything for me. Yeah, That's one of those where you're just like, wow, it's the acting's done well, it's impactful and it covers the breadth of the topic accurately. So Right. right. And that, unfortunately, you know, a lot of these Christian
2: films are made by churches and by ministries that are, you know, they don't have a ton of money and so they, you know, they're not paying these high-end actors nah. and they don't have all the high-end gears so sometimes they turn on the list. In fact, I, I just watched one recently, uh, the uh, interview with the Antichrist. Mm-hmm. That's on my list. Isn't really good. It makes you right think, now. but there is a guy on there that one of the main actors and it, it's, he makes you laugh, which you should not be laughing during this particular movie, but he makes you laugh because of the poor acting, mm. but it's still worth watching though. So I still recommend it. Okay. Just try not to laugh.
1: Anyway,
0: uh, whose question is it? Yours? It is mine. All right. Balaam blessed Israel. Balaam. Deceived Israel. Balaam was killed by Israel. True or false? Those. They all
2: three have to be true or false. Yeah. I feel like this is a trick question. Sounds oh, pretty accurate. going to
0: say true. True. okay All three are true. Balaam did all this. Balaam. Thing? Balaam. 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 Yeah, made a tomato, tomato. Blah, blah, Robert, not willing to be caught by the Pharisees and Sadducees, Jesus often healed people on the Sabbath in secret. False. Correct. Jesus often healed the sick people on the Sabbath in in the synagogues. He did not fear men. It's almost so like
3: he was trying to make a statement.
0: Luke six six through ten. Yeah, uh, definitely. All right.
2: How many more? How many more are we doing? I think we're done. I think I, th- I was thinking that was the end. What's the score? I don't know. You win. <laughs> I think it was. I think I think I think it's five to four or something like that. Hey, to, you, oh, you, I think
0: you won by a hangnail.
2: But I I'd like to oh, I'd like to just I'd like to share my trophy with uh, with my friend Robert. It's oh, going to that's be okay.
0: that's amazing. I'm touched. Bravo.
2: (laughs) Um. (laughs) (laughs) Although I'm telling you, one of those lions was a robber, but I'm just saying.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so... Uh, we still haven't heard back from Nathan he said he got a work call so we're gonna just keep on rolling and we will cut in with a news break I can't wait okay so next our topic and the topic of the we have a topic of the day music oh we have well I mean no but we can always do the um, gospel break <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, I just feel like I gotta have a leisure suit on when I when I hear this. Can I get a hey man? I gotta have polyester pants. I've gotta have big hair. Yeah, it's <laughs> real high. Lots of hairspray.
0: Yes. Okay. Today's topic is the gift of healing. Ooh, interesting Ooh, yes, Great topic. Yes.
2: So is that a thing? It is. And yeah.
0: Jesus healed, and he said that. We can heal. We can do many things and healing is one of those. And Robert, I brought this topic to the table because um, you have discussed with me, you are seeking the gift of healing. Is that the wrong way to say that?
3: No, I'd say that's pretty accurate. Okay. though It is worth mentioning that, you know, it's not that I'm specifically going after that because, you know, God in his word even says that, you know, these are things that are added to you. You, mm-hmm. know? you will never really get that one thing just by going after it, but right. then just, you know, seeking first the kingdom of God and then things will be added to you. Mm-hmm. Although Paul does teach that we should desire certain yes. gifts. Yes.
2: He was talking, again, this is, they were, tongues was a huge issue. Everybody wanted tongues, you mm-hmm. know, it's like once they... saw it. Oh my, you know, and they, oh, tongues was given at Pentecost. So that's the gift, right? Right. And he said, well, that's good. And I wish you had it Mm because apparently he did, but he said, you also should desire these gifts. And so I, I, I interpret that to believe that we can pray. I mean, the Holy spirit gives those gifts. It's up to him. Mm -hmm. He makes that choice and gives it to us uh, based on the needs of the church. But I think we can desire gifts and pray for them. And I think sometimes God answers
3: our prayers for sure. Um, one of the pastors here at the church, donald fulham had actually done like a sit down interview with me to go over kind of like criteria of where you think that your skills and abilities are it was a fairly straightforward you know questionnaire uh but then we got to the end where it would start to speak into the spiritual gifts and things of that sort uh, i got to that portion and i was just like you know one to you know zero through five and i was just like you no know, tongues zero healing zero and i'm just zeros down the whole thing and he's like you don't have a single spiritual gift do you and i'm like not that i've pursued and i think it was that moment where it was like you know god saying well do you want Mm -hmm. Do you want to pursue greater things? And I mean, you first have to have like a faith and an awareness of these things, I think, before you can even begin uh, having an established ability. Like you have to be aware and convinced that these are things that are possible before you'll ever put your full emphasis into them. And so uh, that's where I'm at now. And I've actually experienced some healings here as of late, things of which I thought I would never see in my lifetime Um, especially coming to grips with certain things in our lives. I think a lot of people are really trying to look for that miraculous, like this person brought back from the dead, this person, you know, got their whole arm grown back or, (laughs) (laughs) you know, that would be miraculous.
0: Um, I hear the chameleon's tail once. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I do not have that gift. I I have tried to heal and mainly just touching the person and praying for them and, and wanting God to heal them through me which is mm. basically how it works. I mean, I, I, I think it didn't work. Um, I have other gifts. Mm. I'm not really seeking that. It'd be nice to be able to heal. but I have other gifts that I use. and um, but yesterday we had experienced a little bit of healing and it was it wasn't a physical healing. It was an emotional healing. Um, we came across a gentleman that
2: can I can I just can I just input there that to me yeah. we underplay <clears throat> that kind of healing absolutely when we look at healings and miracles we're always looking for that like you said arm being added back on <laughs> tail being <laughs> whatever. But the fact is, is, you know, coming from a psychology, you know, background uh, in my education, sometimes
3: emotional healings are harder. Yeah. Like you, you know, I mean. Put the whole body back together. But if everything ain't ticking behind the eyes. Right. So
2: uh, so I, I guess I'm just saying that there's. I, I mean, I want to give you even more.
0: Now, now that you, you mentioned I mean. that. Yeah. I've done emotional healing for people.
3: Mm. And I think we shortchanged the think concept. About that of healing Mm -hmm. as well. And that that was something that was revealed to me yesterday because, you know, it was a very transformative thing that we had witnessed an event. We'll probably elaborate at some point in the conversation, but that, you know, we, we often do look for those things, but you know, like Pastor Rick said, emotional healing is something that people don't often think about it because it's on the inside, but right. it could be the world of difference to have that oh. back in their lives.
2: Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And then uh, let's, let's just go one, one step further and, and without f- forgetting your thought, which I know you're not going to, um, spiritual healing. Yes. I mean that uh, Jesus literally was once asked, you know, well, if a rich man, if it's harder for a camel to go through the, uh, or easier for a camel to go through the, IVANIL, I always do that. I always do, do the eye of an eel then for to or heaven then whoever can even be saved notice Jesus's response he goes well humanly speaking it's impossible right right what does that mean it means it takes a miracle yeah. It's a supernatural thing, and when a person comes to know Jesus and they are reborn, wow, that's a miracle. It so is. Yes. That's three different healings that we're really talking about here, and I think all of them are valid.
3: Right. Yeah. And spiritual, I would say, has an increasing emphasis on it. All right, I didn't mean to derail you. I know you're coming to that thought. <laughs> oh, trust <laughs> we're me, that's gonna my get fault. It. But he's going to get it. We're going to, we're going <laughs> to, <But> like, uh, <laughs> um, holding <spiritual>? on. <laughs> I think I can. I think I can. I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep it. Oh, uh, like, uh, I'd say that even the spiritual healing is like the most transformative of anything I've seen. You know, it's almost like the other healings kind of sprout out from that one. How many people's lives are just completely changed forever just by putting their faith in God. Well, and if you think about it, Jesus did all of those other healings to move us towards spiritual healing.
2: Cause that is ultimately the most important healing without yeah. spiritual healing. We're going to spend eternity in hell. Um, so it is very, very important and everything else leads us to that. Point. But we digress because uh, Jason is going to lose it and then his head's going to explode. We don't <laughs> want that to happen
0: tonight. Okay, so God... No, we weren't going to mention names to protect the mm. folks in the real world. Let's um, call him Steve. Steve's a pretty name. <laughs> yeah. So God kind of lined things up as he does. Um, uh, somebody I know set up a Bible study and I invited Robert. And uh, so we were there doing our Bible study and then it came to the end and she left the person that put it all together Robert stayed behind to, to, for more fellowship and um, and we're sitting there and a, another gentleman came that lives where we were and he was heartbroken. He was going through um, a battle between, well, really a spiritual battle, but he has a new girlfriend and in the last few weeks it, it kind of just blossomed this relationship. And he's a godly man. He, he's, uh, he follows Jesus. But when he got in this relationship and I noticed that Jesus kind of got pushed to the side a little bit and all his attention was towards this new relationship. And it's a very common thing when we yeah. when, when we enter a new relationship, it seems like the most important thing in the world at the time. And and that happens a lot when people find Jesus, they, they start that relationship as a new relationship with Jesus. And they, they're so excited and they're overwhelmed and they're reading the Bible and they're watching studies and they're telling people about it. And then it starts to fade mm. and that, that kind of stems with every, any type of relationship or any type of new thing you buy. Um, anything new in your life is exciting and, and fresh. And so you tend to focus that. And what happened is he was focusing on God and then he turned towards this new thing and it was focusing on this and and everything else God and and family members kind of got brushed off to the side and he just focused on this one person and then he noticed things started to unravel way before they should start and started to unravel and he came in with this with this heavy heart and we all prayed for him and and Robert really made a huge impact on him and he basically it came to the point to where he had uh, what would you call it not a i want to say breakdown but it's not really the the right word yeah it's just breakthrough yeah breakthrough um he completely just weeped and and told god how sorry he was and and so i i kind of chimed in a little and and said that you had a relationship with god and you put it to the side for this one and it's all the things that are unraveling is because god wants you back So he's not going to allow this relationship to be more important than the relationship you had with him. So he's going to put some obstacles in your way so you can find your way back to him. So
3: I think it was a very moving experience for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. You want to, it was just one of those experiences first and foremost, that I don't think anybody involved was necessarily prepared for God to use them in that way for that, but that um, uh, I woke up that morning. I had no particular inclination. I just knew that I was going to do things in a certain way. Um, it, it was interesting because I had actually struck out that day to make some attempts to serve God in different ways. I was like trying to hand out Bibles to people at a gas station, some marathon off of, you know, one o four, And I wasn't really getting anything from that, but I was like, Lord, I know that you'll use me today if I'm willing. Um, but it was actually this gentleman that received the breakthrough that, you know, kind of taught me something about the whole experience is that, you know, a lot of times we operate, um, with the expectation that we're going to help in a certain way and it's going to look this certain way. Um, but that God showed me in that moment that sometimes just being available and letting him come up with the creativity for how that happens is important. We can have expectations for how things should look, but ultimately God's the, he's the architect. hmm
2: so, yeah, I think sometimes we forget that that he is doing
3: the work, you know, we just have to join him in his work. Absolutely. And that was my big takeaway from it. You know, I didn't expect it to be something, a situation that spoke directly to me as well as to him. But it was definitely like lessons learned from all around. And, you know, I'm just holding this guy and he's just... I feel like it spoke to a lot of people there. I didn't even know what was happening until it was, but you just, the spirit calls you to do something, to pray something. And I'm just holding this weeping man on my shoulder and he's just letting it all out. I'm just really happy to be used by the Lord in that capacity. You know, it might be my hands that do the healing, but it's God's power, his Mm -hmm. compassion
2: see that that kind of lets me it lets us know what, you know you mentioned it was just really moving right yeah think about think about why it would be moving number one i mean it's just feels good to see somebody healed obviously yeah. unless you're just evil i mean you know it feels <laughs> well, that's great to, for him <laughs> yeah i mean it feels good to be used to you know in the middle of all that but uh but think about the power that was in the room it was the holy spirit acting yes. and you were in his presence and he was you know know it's hard to put these in human terms but you know because he's always available he's always there there's no place that he's not the bible says but he's amped up yeah Yeah. and you're focused on him Mm. and what he's doing of course you're gonna leave being moved yeah how can you be in god's presence
3: and not be moved what are the odds that god was there at a bible study you know
2: (laughs) 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 <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <Yeah>. well,
3: <laughs> so i I, mean, I fully believe
0: that over the course of a week god lined all this up because okay let's just look at it like this if we didn't have the bible study it had been a normal day mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we would have been up in our room doing what we're doing um but it came home dealing with this issue by himself locked himself in the room and just been depressed and 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 who knows what things lead to but at that particular moment that we decided to have a bible study on a monday which we've never done before and robert was there which he's never been there before Mm. and this gentleman comes home in need and um and and all the pieces were
3: there to fulfill that need. And it's almost like the situation was manufactured in a way to show. It was spiritually manufactured. Absolutely. Yeah. And why like, wouldn't we expect that? God yeah. is the great orchestrator. And for anyone who's dabbling in this sort of like coincidence in their life like that, which I don't <laughs> believe in coincidences because of things like this, right? Um, you will see those kind of things happen in your life. There's no credit to which you can lay at the feet, the things that have happened in the order they have. But you can tell after experiencing this with God, you know, after a period of time, you just start to recognize these things and you just see god's fingerprints all over it oh yeah and you're just like wow you were so good that you would come to him even when his heart is hardened against you with forgiveness fresh on your lips mm-hmm. like, you can't wait till the words leave your lips to say i forgive you
2: mm-hmm. well, yeah. you know the bible says that god causes all things to work for the good of those who love him mm-hmm. how does he do that it's because he is the great orchestrator he causes I mean he's the the Bible says that nobody seeks God if you've if you've found Jesus it's not because you went searching it's because he was drawing you yeah. in fact the Bible says no one comes to him unless they're drawn yeah he's the great orchestrator and he yes I believe he did manufacture that absolutely now he, he can use anything you know mm. he can speak from a donkey you know <laughs> he can do anything <laughs> he wants but he I think he manufactures those things all the time and of course the more tuned in we are are to the Holy Spirit, the more he's going to be able to to use us in those situations.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'm very thankful that you were there because the results have been completely different. I'm thankful for God for putting me there and putting it in my heart to invite you over and everything, you know, so. Thank you for opening your home. Absolutely.
2: Just sad I didn't get to witness it. (laughs) Can't be everywhere all the time, right? But hey, uh, can we address a couple of those uh, issues that came up since we're talking about uh, healing? Please. Um, A couple of things I think that we need to be aware of, uh, and, and I'll start with Uh, You know, Robert, you said that um, you did this, you know, kind of inventory of your spiritual gifts and you felt like you didn't have any, I, I firmly believe, uh, the the apostle Paul says that every believer, you know, he's talking to believers and he said, each one of you has been given a spiritual gift just because you have it does not necessarily mean you know about it. Right. Just because you have it doesn't mean that you have, you know, grown your faith enough to use it. Right. And of course, so that, that doesn't necessarily mean you didn't have one or don't have one. It just means you might not know what it is. So I think we need to keep that in mind. There there. are I've seen people. That I, I knew a woman who, and this is even one that you wouldn't suspect. Usually, if you can, if you can't carry a tune in a bucket, you're probably not going to be on a worship team or in a band, right? Right. Well, she couldn't carry tune in a tuna bucket, and she struggled, and she she felt God saying, "I want you to try out for the worship team." So she, in obedience, tried out for the worship team, and it was hard on my ears and everybody else. And uh, we recorded it, and when she heard it back, she said, "Oh yeah, I'm definitely not going to do this." And so, um, our it, the long story short is that you know our policy at the time was if you think God's called you on the team, you're going to be on the team. We're just going to help you grow it. Right. So uh, you know, so she she calls me up and says, well, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to pursue this any for any farther. And I said, well, wait a minute, do you feel like you wanted to do it because you just want to be in front of people? Or do you really believe God wanted you to try out? She said, well, I believe that God wanted me to try out. And I said, then don't you owe it to yourself and to God to just experiment with this, you know, maybe it's a seed form gift. Maybe he's going to develop it in you. Right. That's an excellent She's, analogy. So she said, Oh, well, you know, I'll, I'll pray about it. Well, she ended up doing it. Um, she ended up going for vocal lessons. She got involved in church with, uh, a, a quartet. She got, uh, kind of a woman's quartet is back in the nineties when female, like pop quartets were still a thing. Mm-hmm. um, uh, she led worship in the children's ministry just to use, you know, whatever gifts she may or may not have. And the long and the long and the short of it is I had gone on to start a new church and through a few things that unfortunate events that happened in her life, uh, an affair, uh, from her husband and she couldn't face him anymore. So she ended up looking for a new church she came to the church that I was then pastoring in was uh, she became our worship leader. Wow. That's incredible. Now, had she said no to the Lord, she would have never been able to do that. So uh, I guess what I'm saying is that just know that sometimes, you know, these are not, when you take these spiritual gift inventories, they're not always very accurate. Um, You you really have to do things through trial and error. In fact, um, Mm. in fact, I want to encourage you in all of the spiritual gifts The best way to find out what gifts you have is to manifest all of them. You say, well, why would I do that? Isn't that wasting time? Absolutely not. Are we not? There's a gift of giving, right? Spiritual gift of giving. So that means there's some people like R.G. Letourneau who, you know, dies a millionaire and he's given away, you know, given God 90% keeping the 10. God just used him in ridiculous ways to, to pump funding into the kingdom, Right. He had the gift of giving, but God says, we're all supposed to give. We're all supposed to tithe. We're all supposed to give. We're all supposed to give to the poor. So we're still supposed to manifest a gift. There's a gift of teaching. You say, well, I'm not a teacher. Wait a minute. Aren't you a disciple maker? Therefore, you're a teacher. Are you a parent? Therefore, you're a teacher, right? In fact, Paul even told the church, he said, you guys should be teaching by now. All of us should be teachers, but some are going to be super gifted. Some are evangelists. They have the gift of evangelism. They're the Billy Grahams who can reach tens of thousands of people, but we're all called to reach people for Jesus. So my thing is that I can't think of a single gift that we should, you know, if somebody's sick, you don't say, well, I don't have the gift of healing. I'm not going to pray for you. No, the Bible didn't say that. Pray for them. And you know what? As you manifest all of the gifts, you're going to find that you excel in one area. Why?
3: Because the Holy Spirit is empowering you in that area. Right, the Lord can grow you in different ways in that too. Uh, One thing that was super disheartening for me is that I actually felt like God was telling me to heal people for a while. But mm. I had always kept it in the quiet of my heart because I'm just like ah, it's it's kind of it was a soft thing for me to be vulnerable enough to like put myself out there like that, right? You know, for me to go up to some stranger and be like, "You have a hurt, I want to help. Let me pray for you." you right. Know, Jesus didn't stop healing when he passed away and then rose again. He heals through us now. That's right. So you know, it takes a lot of gut sometimes to put yourself out there and repeatedly suffer those disappointments. But that's what it looks like growing your faith. It means that despite how you may look, what might happen to your reputation, you know, we're to be fools for Christ, you know? So it's just, right. uh, well that's part of your growth too. Yeah. It's like how else are you going to develop faith unless you act in leaps of faith? Right. That, I mean,
2: that's uh, I've shared this before, but, you know, if you have ever read the book on John Wimber and how he started the Vineyard Church, mm. he was not he was more of a Baptist kind of guy and didn't really believe in all of these gifts. Mm. He believed that somehow, you know, they were just taken away, you know, when uh, sometime after Pentecost, which I never understood where people get that logic, but whatever. That was kind of where he was at. And that, and all of a sudden he was subjected. He was, he witnessed people speaking in tongues, minister, you know, ministry of healing, all this stuff happened at a church service. And he's like, wait a minute, the stuff, you can't fake this stuff. Right. So this must all be real. So he went back to his church that he was helping grow at the time. And he said, we got to start, maybe we're doing this wrong. Maybe we need to start trusting God to do big things. So you'd think, well, okay, God just blew it up. No, no. They went in his book. He said it was hard. They started stepping on faith and they would pray for people's healing. Nothing would happen. Yeah. Now, is that because God failed? No, it's because their faith wasn't there. Remember, mm. Jesus said it's by your faith. Yeah. They weren't really trusting. And so he said they went through a lot of failure for several months until all of a sudden. Oh, it started to pop. And all of a sudden, people started to be healed and everything went crazy. <laughs> like so, we so it looks Nathan like we on got on. a news here.
1: Oh, we got a news break. Hey, Nathan. Oh. So I hear you need some news. Yeah. Hey, Nathan. Okay, well, I think I can hook you guys up. All right, what it's you got for us? It's not exactly Christian news, but it is news that is impacting Christians. So one of the things you probably noticed when you go to the grocery store recently, um, or any store for that matter, is the growing number of bear shelves. Have you Have you guys seen that? Mm-hmm. Okay. You mean shelves so, for bears to buy stuff off of? <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm, sure I'm glad big you understood. Bear that was that. closed uh,
0: yeah,
1: in the big bear <laughs> closed a long time ago. That's right. So... Uh, Essentially, there are several significant setbacks and bottlenecks in the shipping industry. So just to give you an idea, um, not only has there been shutdowns at ports because of COVID, but there's been a worker shortage because of some of the the political ramifications of COVID. Then on top of that, going from country to country, there are different varying levels of vaccines required. And if you don't have a certain percentage of vaccines, your ports are not your 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 products are not allowed to be delivered in port. You guys can pull up a map right now of all the pending shipping containers that are just sitting out in the ocean waiting for a spot to be able to pull in and and drop off their load. Um, But as a result, supply chains are stretched to the limit and it's causing shortages. Mm -hmm. So. I, I know when I went to the grocery store the other day, I, I, I was noticing that several several shelves of popular products were completely barren and it kind of felt like we were living in one of those socialist utopias you hear about. Um, but it's, it's kind of scary to think about the implications of this. So mm. it's, it's a good idea to make sure you stock up have a little bit of extra everything that that's easy, like get yourself an extra better rice, may not taste the greatest, it may not, it's easy to make and it'll give you calories if, if the worst case scenario comes around. But these types of delays don't appear to have any short-term solutions. So um, when you add to that that truck di- truck drivers themselves are also facing complex quarantine guidelines and requirement testing, that's delaying deliveries, and it's just it's adding and adding and adding. And there's a large amount of burnout in the delivery and shipping industry as a whole, which is causing many workers that that you're relying on to threaten to quit or have already quit.
0: Yeah, and I, there's a rumors of a trucker strike too. That Almost. does
1: not shock me. Um, I know that companies tend to start usually stocking up for in October for the holiday season, mm-hmm. but because the supply chain is maxed out trying to deliver long overdue orders, it's causing issues where there will be a struggle to pay for the rising cost of goods that are not going to arrive in time for Christmas. Yeah. Right. So get your shopping done early and be aware that there are long delays. I wouldn't, I wouldn't wait till Black Friday this year.
0: Yeah. I'm a little terrified of Black Friday this year. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Now, uh, now I, I you know i'm getting I'm listening to your news, Nate, and I'm thinking uh, the next time you do news, you're going to start saying, due to all of these uh, cargo ships that are out there, piracy is on the rise. <laughs> you know I just bought a boat, yeah,
1: and a grappling hook.
0: <laughs> those those cargo ships, they hold eleven thousand shipping containers each.
1: So you're in the food industry, Jason, you, uh, you've probably been seeing some of these shortages firsthand, haven't
0: you? Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, a couple of weeks ago I had to order short ribs for a party and there wasn't any available.
3: They shorted your short ribs.
0: They shorted them. Um, matter of fact, the only short ribs that were available for me to get were frozen and I buy fresh. And, um, so I had to use frozen and, uh, and then a week later they got like six cases in, but it's usually abundant. I mean, there's never been a problem. Um, Mm -hmm. And there's a lot. And that's just one example. There's many examples where products are not available or I get a case of cucumbers and they're spoiled and I can't even use them because Mm. they don't have enough fresh to sell me. And it's just it's every every week, every single week I'm dealing with product not available, bread, everything, meat, especially meat. Meat's hard to get. And um, I had fish. I I called, uh, I needed a certain fish. I mentioned this maybe a couple months ago that I had to call four different places to get this fish before I can finally find some. They just, they just could
2: not get it. Well, maybe you take Nate's advice and uh, you know. Well, we don't have fish, but uh, here's some rice. Yeah, mm, it <laughs> doesn't taste so good, it, but it'll, r- it'll give you calories. <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm I'm sorry you've had a bad experience <laughs> with rice, Nathan. I'll, I'll have to make you some good, really good tasting rice Ooh, there you
1: go. Uh, well, I'd be willing to give it a shot, but I'm I'm still stuck on the idea of the short ribs because now I'd be worried about getting <laughs> side eye glances at people who are under five foot two or something like that. <laughs>
3: uh, <laughs> but I'm.
2: But um, so there have been a lot of those today. Jason did call me last week and asked me if I was really fond of my dogs. And I didn't know why, but maybe it was just looking <laughs> for meat, I guess. Ribs.
1: <laughs> well, Nathan, That's thank you. That's on chicken and the chicken chow mein, right? <laughs> right.
3: <laughs> That's a chow in the chow mein.
0: <laughs> well, thanks so much for taking time out of your busy work day to uh, bring us the
2: news.
1: Uh, glad to do it. Talk to you guys soon.
2: Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Nathan. Okay. Take care. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Well, so well, that there was you have pretty it. interesting. Now, no. I don't know where we were at. We were in a deep thought there too. What was it? We were talking about spiritual gifts, mm-hmm. and I was saying something that was probably mumbo jumbo. <laughs> I've been talking too much tonight. <laughs> yeah. What
3: was I talking about? Well, it was all really good things. It was. Uh, we were talking about. Uh, Uh, I think it's important for us, I guess, just to hit on again. Can you expand upon your correlation between faith and how it powers gifts? Oh yeah, that's where we we were heading that way. Oh yeah, we were talking about John Wimber and the yeah yeah yes. Thank
2: you. Um. So yeah, in his story, basically, you know, they went months. He said, we're just things weren't happening. And they were, some were getting discouraged, but others dug in and they just kept on. And they're like, God, we know that you can do these things and you want to do these things. If it's, you know, if it's not happening, it's us. And so they just kept pressing in and, and praying and, and worshiping and studying. And eventually they started having these little breakthroughs. And then every breakthrough would cause, you know, more faith, which caused more breakthroughs. And before you know it, there was people speaking in tongues, people healing, mm-hmm. you know, all kinds of stuff. And so I really think that uh it really is important for us to to believe. Jesus said it's according to your faith. How many times did he say that? Yeah. He you know, he would go to somebody exactly. and say, "Do you believe I can do it?" You know, and they would say, "Yes, we do." Okay, it's because of your faith that you are healed. We've got to trust God and you know, and it's hard. Uh it's hard to put our faith on the line. I, I was once um we, uh, we had a we were sort of a I don't know. We're not as charismatic maybe as the church that this guy had come from. And so he was really hyper, you know, we should have healing services and all that. And we weren't, we were a small church. We weren't quite ready for it, but I'm like, I, you know, I know this stuff's real. And so I, you know, I mean, I, I believe if this is what God's calling us to do now, if you're, if he's put on your heart, let's do it. Yeah. So we have this, uh, healing service. We have a, a believer service because, you know, ideally, you know, uh, some of the stuff that he wanted to do, you know, just a, even the Lord's Supper is really a believer's activity. So I thought, let's start a believer's service and then we'll have some of these times. And so we had this time and he had a he had an issue physically that he needed healing for. Right, And so I said, you know, this is your time to come forward. And he was the one that wanted this because he believed, you know, that we need to do these healings Well, we got there. And I opened up the floor and I looked at him and he just looked at me and he shook his head no and looked down like, no, I'm, I can't do this. Why? Because he was afraid mm. that it wouldn't happen. Happen and that that would destroy his faith. We oh. cannot, we cannot be that way. We've got to boldly, you know, we've got to boldly pray for people, boldly ask for prayer and believe and if it doesn't happen right away dig in press into god
3: yeah and it's sometimes the faith of the recipient too that contributes to the the process as well absolutely you know like a uh, parallel that i see a lot i work in a medical building um i won't mention it or any names or anything but uh one thing that kind of becomes like a universal concept for us is that you know i work around a lot of doctors and no matter how good the doctor is or how long they've gone to school They can't actually heal anything, right? All they can do is create an environment for the healing to take place. Amen. That being said, the body already has so many factors within it that automatically heal everything from our cuts to our bruises. That in of itself is a miracle. How is this thing, this meat puppet, supposed to pilot its way through space and stay intact for over 80 years? And that's God's doing too. Right. So, you know, if there is a gift where you're able to act on these people's bodies and stimulate these natural healing processes, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes it's impactful of the faith of them. Um, One thing that actually kind of fills me with even more faith in those situations and the disappointments that some people might have when they're trying to act out in faith and healings for people. I've actually saw one person. I won't mention his name, but... um he actually did something really interesting. He would put his hands on somebody to heal them. And after he did what he needed to do, he saw that there wasn't the intended result that he wanted to have. Instead of being disheartened immediately, he had a confused and perplexed expression on his face. Mm-hmm. He had so much faith in the r- result happening based on his healing. He had so much faith in it's happening that he put his hands on the person again. Like he was like unplugging something and plugging it back in. Like it always works. It always works. Yeah. It's bad connection here. What the, what in the world? Yeah. <laughs> (laughs) wi eyes off or something, (laughs) but it was, but I, I, I liken myself to that faith now, or at least I try to lean into it, that my faith should be like that, that even when things don't work out the way we want them to, we're not trying to play damage control for God or for ourselves. Um, and if there's any encouragement I can offer you, it's that, you know, it's if embarrassment is what you're worried about when it comes to acting out in faith, it's really hard to embarrass a humble person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree.
2: And you know, even Paul, he had he had so much faith. The Bible says that literally he would walk down the street, people would touch him and be healed, mm-hmm. okay? People would touch things that he's, he had touched and they'd be healed. Yet, he went to God with some sort of thorn in his flesh, which we don't, he didn't describe what it was, could have been anything, okay? And three times he went to God and God said, my grace is sufficient. So he told him no. Mm-hmm. Sometimes God is going to say No. But even then, we're getting an answer to prayer. It's just God simply saying, No, but that doesn't mean we don't have faith. We say, Okay, that was God's will. And we move on and we press in because we know that ultimately God wants to be glorified and he wants to do things through us that we can't do on our own. Yeah. And he says he's going to do it. Mark chapter 16, verse 16 says, You know, uh, actually says, Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will, not could, but will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name. They will speak in new languages. We're talking tongues Mm -hmm. here. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. They will, if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. Now, I don't believe this is any sort of exhaustive list, this is just random. Gonna be miracles. That's what he's trying to yeah, say. He's like, I'm
3: gonna do something amazing through people that believe in me. And who sets the limitation on miracles? Like, who says what can and can't be done? I'm sure he said there would be greater miracles than these, right? Uh, and I'm just like, that could be anything. That could be stuff that you can't even imagine. That would make just a world difference to a believer or a non-believer anywhere in the world. Um, one of the things that I would like to contribute to the discussion on it is that God has also like taught me during this period of time, uh, specifically specifically addressing my pride in certain things, because Mm. pride was one of those things that humility came against when it came acting out of faith. If you're, if you're scared of embarrassment, that's your pride and humility is going to cut through it like butter. Mm. Um, but the reason that I finally had come to that realization also was in how that God was consistently urging me to put my hands on people and heal them. Mm -hmm. even if I wouldn't get the result and I'm like, God, I've, I've put my hands on so many people and I've prayed for so many people and I haven't gotten a single healing out of any of it. What is going on? And he's like, I want you to keep doing it i want you to keep doing it and then eventually one day i think it was uh jason it was one of your cooks actually that i was talking with and we were both reaching out to heal her as well mm, yeah michelle yeah Um, and then God spoke to me like on the other side of the counter after we put our hands on her and I'm like, God, you know, this would do wonders for Jason's faith. And that would do wonders for my faith and for her faith if you'd let it be so. And he's like, yes, but you must consider that it's my glory. It's my glory to have Mm -hmm. observe this. If you succeed, what was the first thing you were going to say? Right. Look what I did instead of look what God did.
2: Very, very important. Humility, faith, you know, those are two big factors. And anytime I see like a, a, you know, supposed TV faith healer, And it appears to be a person full of pride. I'm thinking, you know, that's just fake. Because a true true person who's healing, a true person who's letting God heal people through them is going to be glorifying God the whole time. They really did not. I mean, when you pray for a blind person, you ain't going to do, you ain't doing squat. There ain't nothing that you're going to do for that person. It's either God or it ain't happening. Right. Right. And so why would we even remotely want to take credit? But we want to because we think, oh, God did it through me not through you. I must be a good guy. I must be really spiritual. You know, he yeah. must really like me. You know, that's such bunk. Yeah. And it's a if, good word for it. And if it's our, if our bunk. attitudes that we're going to stop a lot of
3: miracles. Yeah. We, I, I can personally attest that a lot of times we do get in the way of our own blessing. And if we're not having areas of healing in our lives um, or areas of giftedness in some aspects, I think it is also due to the fact that God says that he resists the proud, but embraces mm-hmm. the humble with his power.
2: Right. Right. Well, you know, everything we do should be to glorify God. Amen. Everything, even even when we eat, everything we do (laughs) should be to the glory of God. And when we fail to do that, we're going to, we're going to lose something. Every time we do that, we lose something. Um, And so that's very important. But with this, uh, with this particular gift of healing or any other spiritual gift, you know, my encouragement is, like I said, to, to manifest all the gifts, to make the attempt, to make the attempt often, Mm -hmm. um, because, Here's the thing. You might not have the gift of healing. That does not mean God will not heal someone through your prayer. Uh, We've seen, we see examples of that. I believe some people have the gift of healing. And it's like, it's more frequent every time they seem to lay their hands on somebody, they're healed. I've seen people who pray over a lot of people and every once in a while, somebody's miraculously healed. And I'm not talking about like, you know, coincidence. I'm talking about cancer that isn't there anymore. Right. I'm talking about pain that was like completely ridiculous that just goes away without explanation. Okay. That's what I'm talking about. Um, and so, you know, that's manifesting a gift that we may have. And I think also sometimes God gives gifts, sometimes just does something temporarily through somebody. Mm-hmm. just a move of the spirit. Just like you guys. I, I don't know if you have either of you have the gift of healing, but yeah. it sounds like God did the gift of healing or did a healing through your, you know, through your hands, through your words, through whatever.
3: Yeah. Your willingness facilitated the blessing.
2: Right. And so the Holy spirit did the work and you may, It may not be something
3: long term, but you still did it. And if you do have the gift of healing, you know, and, you know, I often refer to this particular saying in that little doubt trumps big faith. Mm. And you think about it. What if somebody amongst us does have this gift of healing just on tap? They can do whatever they want. They don't even realize when they're doing it sometimes. Mm -hmm. And if they stay the rest of their life behind the wall of doubt of never leaning into that gift or growing or developing that gift, it'll be like the guitarist that never played. It'll be like the drummer that never played. The worship leader who gave up. Yeah. It'd be like Billy Graham being like, no, this preaching thing ain't for me. Right. I agree. 100%. You know that you said
0: that there is so many things that people are capable of that they hold themselves back from. Yeah. You know, Um, I don't want to say this because it's about myself, but. I kind of have to. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> People read my stories that I write, mm-hmm. and they tell me I have this gift of writing, right? But I don't... I've written several books and stories, but I don't... I put a couple on Amazon, self-published and stuff, and then took them off except for one, and he read it. <laughs> it was a short one. But um, um, and I feel... <laughs> That they they, they they might be right that I'd, I that is something that I could, probably could be successful at um, if I really tried and put myself out there and, and let the world experience and but I let the difficulty of the legwork. Of finding um, an agent and 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 doing all that, mm-hmm. and probably the fear of too many no's before I get a yes mm-hmm. hold me back from letting the world decide if I had that gift or not. I mainly did it for myself. Mm-hmm. I didn't get it. I didn't write to get praise. I wrote it because I have a lot of stories in my head that I needed to get out on paper. And I wrote books I wanted to read, mm-hmm. and that's that. I mean, but this is an example of. Of people have so many talents that they don't let anybody experience Mm -hmm. because they let fear hold them back or too much hard work hold them back or. Or whatever it may be, and really, it goes right back to spiritual gifts. They're afraid to fail. They're afraid to try. They're afraid if, if they if they do try and they feel that maybe that this is where they should be going. That and it doesn't happen. That they're letting God down or themselves or the people that they're trying to heal or or whatever in the case may be. And I say to people, and I should take my own advice. Um, hmm. Don't let fear. Yeah, you should, you should read your book. <laughs> or. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Don't let fear or anything else hold you back from anything. Um, The worst that can happen is you do fail. And so what? The greatest people in the world, the greatest inventors, the greatest singers, the greatest everything failed many times before they are who they are.
2: It's how you learn how to, what the right thing is by f- doing the wrong thing right, a lot yeah. and finally they, figuring out what works. Yeah. They didn't
3: ask the world for permission to be great. They just were.
0: And it, and it took hard work and dedication to get there. Yeah.
3: Nobody's great right out of the gate. Yeah. And if they are, they're going to get outpaced by somebody who's just merely consistent anyway. Right. And, right.
0: And there's some people have greatness in them and it, it may start right away, but it doesn't mean it doesn't take years of honing and discipline and failing to be greater, to be better. Mm.
2: And, you're, you, you know, we've got two different things going on here and they're both very important. You know, what you're talking about is, you know, the fact is, is God, he gives us all the gifts, right? But he, it's not just spiritual gifts. He, he's given us natural talents and abilities, mm-hmm. you know, before we're even saved, we have those things. He created us and he gave us that. And uh, so absolutely, we are, most of us are able to achieve much more than we let ourselves because we don't believe in ourselves. Yeah. And so we need to step out on faith for that. But when we go to spiritual gifts, now that's a whole new level. Because it's one thing to say, I don't believe I can do it. I don't believe I'm good enough. That's one thing, which is probably not true. But that's one thing, okay? Yeah. But it's another to say, God, I don't think you're powerful enough. I don't think you can do this. Yeah. The Bible tells us that he is able to do infinitely more than we would ever dare imagine or ask for. So maybe it's time for us to start daring a little more Mm. and start trusting God to do big things. Jesus said you those for those who believe they will do even greater things than me maybe it's time for us to stop dumbing that down and saying oh he meant maybe it wasn't a
3: mountain that would be thrown into a (laughs) seabed
2: right or you know well what he meant is that you know in the you know in the end times there's going to be communication so you instead of reaching a hundred you might reach ten thousand because of communicate i think all that's true but you know what i think he was also saying you know what you're going to do miracles because he already said that we were going to he told the disciples you think this is a big Deal, wilting this fig tree before your eyes, you guys are going to do even greater things than that it's time for us to start trusting god for it now again it's not so that we can get glory it's god if it doesn't bring glory to god or help people to know god then god's not in it right but if we're if we are desiring gifts and there's nothing wrong with that because paul said to desire gifts if we're praying for asking god for gifts for the sole purpose of growing his kingdom and we do it in humility as you pointed out robert and in faith i believe God can do amazing and wants to do and will do amazing things through us to bring glory to himself, to grow the kingdom. And here's the thing. Yeah, it takes humility and yeah, you don't get to take credit, but guess what you do get? You get to experience what you gentlemen experienced last night. You get to be a part of God doing something amazing, which is moving, which is fulfilling, which is satisfying, which also builds up eternal treasures, right? (laughs) You can't lose with that situation. No. no.
0: I don't know. Well, on that note, it's time for Songs of the Week. Break it down. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, Robert... Are you ready to go first this time?
3: Yeah, let's start us out. Okay. Um, this one's going to come out of Way Left Field, though. Way wow. Left Field. Yeah, this is a Civil War song. Civil War? Yeah. That is re- Wow, that's... It was something that had come up and, like, it had no parallels to any type of investigation into Christian music that I had it up to base currently. You're bringing, a, like, a whole new level to this oldies thing.
2: Yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Uh so this was originally a camp meeting hymn. Um this was basically a, it's the battle hymn of the republic. Um it was back during 1861 um and it was a it was based off of a poem wrote by uh Julia Ward Howe. Um I'm sure that everybody could at least have some recollection of it. I'm not sure what they're teaching in schools nowadays, but this was something that I had at least heard You mm-hmm. know, when they were teaching history during my upbringing. You know, they wheeled the big television into the classroom and plug it in and the you know, teacher would go out for a smoke break or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Columbus Public, I love it. Um, but a few lyrics. I'll just read three portions. Uh, Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. He is trampling out the vintage where the grapes of wrath are stored. He, uh, he hath loosed the fateful lightning of his terrible swift sword his truth is marching on he has sounded forth the trumpet that shall never call retreat he is sifting out the hearts of men before his judgment seat oh be swift my soul to answer him be jubilant my feet our god is marching on Um, in the beauty of the lilies christ was born across the sea with a glory in his bosom that transfigures you and me as he died to make men holy let us die to make men free while god is marching on Good stuff.
2: Now that's truly oldies. Now yeah. I can bring it up a little, a little bit more current for you. Yeah. One of the best versions I've ever heard of this was from the group, from the rock group Striper. Really? Yeah. they a version of that song. Uh, well, now that's still oldies. Cause that's like eighties, early nineties, although they're still around, but you mm-hmm. know, they were, that was their heyday, but yeah, that's when they did that. Mm-hmm. Good stuff.
0: Well, my song is because he lives by David Crowder band. Um, he's a, he's such a good artist. I would love to see his, con- if he comes around, we'll, going.
2: We're going. I've seen him before it's and a I thing. do again.
0: Uh, God has sent his son. They call him Jesus. He came to love, heal and forgive. He lived and died to buy my pardon and empty the grave An empty grave is there to prove my savior lives because he lives. I can face tomorrow because he lives all fear is gone because i know he holds the future and life is worth living just because he lives
2: now see i don't know if you know this or not but that is also an oldie because that part of it is actually from a hymn because he lives is it i think he's added to it yeah but that's actually a hymn from who knows when i don't remember when all hymns are made but maybe mm. probably older than even uh, his song <laughs> <laughs> well are you
0: going to bring his current or do you, know, you have an old well, one too
2: i actually uh, you know last time i brought in i brought up a brand new song that was kind of more rock oriented so i thought okay i'm gonna try an oldie but you guys have made this like i mean this is like yesterday compared Look, to it's that to stick
0: to the theme then
2: <laughs> <laughs> well my oldie really i think comes from 1991 which is really not too old uh you know compared to y'all's but uh, this is a uh, the song is called wishes uh, it's a, by a group called Out of the Gray. And uh, I picked it because it just, it really spoke to me. And it just out of nowhere, literally in the last couple of days, it came to my mind and I couldn't remember how it went, but I remembered the impact the song had on me. And I had to go look it up and it just I listened to it um, yesterday and it just kind of, I was back into that groove again. And here's why. The whole song talks about, you know, I, For all of you who know Christ, think about the people in your life that don't know Jesus and how much you just wish that somehow they would just get to know him so that you know that when they go to heaven and when you go to heaven, you're going to see them there. And that's what the song is called. It's called wishes and and, uh, stories. With some lyrics here, I'll just share some uh, brief lyrics. Do you know how much I really love you? I wish I knew how to show you more. I do so much thinking about you, but keep to myself what I'm waiting for. So many things that I should say, so much I would change, but I would let these wishes go, push them all aside. If there was one thing I could know for sure, tell me that when this life is over, I will see you there on the other side of heaven's door. This means more to me. It's the most important thing. This is my wish for you, and I. remember hearing that song, thinking about all the people in my life that I just wanted to know the Lord, you know, and I, I, I thought of my young kids and how much I want them to know the Lord at the time. Uh, and she said, she, she makes this important statement there that if there was just, you know, one thing, this things I should say, she said, you know, there's, there's so many things I just kind of wait on. I don't say, and I probably should. And that's kind of what song talk about. So let this song be an encouragement to you, uh, not only to pray for the people in your life that don't know Jesus, but you know what? take a step of faith and start saying something because time's running out we don't have forever so and it's a catchy little tune too so check it out good guitar work for sure yeah how's the drums <laughs> I, i'm sure they were good i know the bass player was the you know i can't think of his name but it was the bass player that played with whiteheart there for a while um, really really good bass player. so i'm sure they had all good musicians right on <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I was
0: kidding okay final thoughts Final thoughts. I'm so sorry. I'm
2: there. All right, here we go. Okay. So um, here's the final thought for today. comes to us out of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 12 through 15, and it simply says this. On Judgment Day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show a person's work. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, The builder will suffer great loss and the builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through the flames. Paul was talking about here, he was talking, it was in the context of talking about how he was building on the foundation of Christ and, and doing, using his life to build the kingdom. And he said, one day we're all going to stand before God and we're going to show what we built some of us we've built careers, we built hobbies, we built baseball teams, whatever. And that stuff's going to burn up and yeah, we might be saved, but it's going to be like like escaping through flames uh, of a burning, you know, building and he said you're going to suffer great loss. So, you know, faith without works really is dead. If we are Christians, we have to go out there and build. And Revelation 22:12 uh, gives us a promise. Look, I am coming, Jesus said bringing my reward with me to repay all people according to their deeds so you know guys time's running out let's store up some treasures in heaven let's do something let's build like a true uh, builder of, a, of the kingdom of god and do some things that's gonna not only be satisfying and fulfilling and rewarding on this planet and let us have some of that feeling of the holy spirit working through us but something that's gonna last and make a difference in lives for eternity
0: amen amen awesome Okay. Well, Robert, geez, man, thanks so much for joining us
2: again. Um, he's, I, I noticed he's already up and, you know, got his jacket on trying to run. No, I, he doesn't really. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, thank God this is over.
0: Look, yeah, uh, <clears throat> like a church, the studio door is always open. So anytime yeah. you want to come <laughs> back, <laughs> anytime you want to come back and join such us. such a great
3: compliment. I appreciate
0: the, it. Uh, yeah, it's a—it's uh, always available. So, I mean, no invitation needed. Just say, hey, what are you guys talking about tonight? I'm going to come in. Come on in. Folks, that's the show. Uh, that was that was a lot of fun. It was um, very insightful, and I hope you learned something from it. And do not hold back. If you want to explore those gifts that the Holy Spirit has laid in you, uh, please do because Amen. God is waiting on you to use them. And that's that. So go to the website for the love of God Explore it. We have music on there. We have, if you want to leave a donation can, if you want to leave a message to play on the show, uh, a small testimony, or just say hello and you love Jesus do that. And we will see you next week. Fellas it's been real, but we got to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and uh,
2: dinner's on the table. Got to get out of here.
0: Dinner's on the table. Thanks for joining us.
2: say night, Rick. Good night, Rick. Good night, Rob. Good night, Rob. You don't go by Rob, do you? No, just Robert. Call him anything, but just late for my dinner. name is fine. <laughs> Good night, everybody.